Praise the Lord, hallelujah. I greet you in the precious name of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. Jesus, the Anointed One. Jesus, the Messiah. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Because there are many people in the world whose name is also Jesus. You will find people in Brazil whose name is Jesus, in Latin American countries, even in this day. There were many people by the name of Jesus in, in biblical days too. So sometimes you will see a movie or a series on TV and they call this guy, they call him Jesus, Jesus. Because in Spanish the J is pronounced like an, an H. That's why the guy, if the in Spanish, if the name is written J-O-S-E with an apostrophe on the E, we will read it as Jose, but in Spanish it is read as Jose, Jose. So that's why it is important that when we say to people in the international context, believe on the Lord Jesus, you, you cannot just say to them, believe on Jesus. Believe in Jesus. They will say, but are you talking about my neighbor down the road? Maybe there's Spanish people there or Latin American people. So you've got to say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, or Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. Hallelujah. By the same token, there are many people by the name of John. And so when you refer to a John, you will say John from Ravensmead or John from Salt River, or John from Birmingham, or, or John from New York. And so you identify this particular John. So I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ of Nazareth. The Christ means anointed. The word Christ is, comes from Greek creo, which means anointed. So I cannot say Jesus Christ. It means I say Jesus anointed. Jesus the Christ. Jesus the anointed. And yes, why did God anoint him? So what is an anointing? It's oil, but it's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. You get the Father, you get the Son, and you get the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So God came to earth in the form of a human being, a human person, and that person's name was Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Praise the Lord. That was God manifest in the, in the flesh. Amen. Another word in theology that they call it when God manifests himself in a human body, it is called a theophany. So we also read in the Old Testament uh, where Abram met a man by, by the name of Melchizedek. Praise the Lord. And this man, the Bible says, this Melchizedek, he was a priest of the Most High God. And it says he had no beginning and no end. He had no genealogy. In, in other words, there's no record of where he's, he was born or from whom he was born. And so that was also a theophany. And also, before Israel walked around the walls of Jericho, a man appeared, a warrior, a, 
a mighty warrior appeared to them and Joshua said to him, are you with us or are you with, with the enemy? Now that's also God manifesting himself there. That's also called a theophany. And then of course, when Abram and, and his wife, Sarah, they couldn't have children. The Bible says three men came to visit them. And, and the, the one man who spoke to them, it was God. It was God manifesting himself in a human body. That is called a theophany. But the ultimate theophany was when God manifested himself in, in and through the body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So he became a man in order to communicate with man. Hallelujah. So, so now people ask, why does God have to become a, a man? Why does he have to come down to man's level? And, and I remember reading a story and about ants. Ants, uh, the father and the son, young boy, about eight years old, they were camping and they were watching the ants. Now, ants is always busy. They're always busy at carrying something or carrying food or carrying sticks or twigs to build their nests, whatever, or leaves. You can get different kind of ants. You get Ants who are workers and ants who are uh, warriors and then yeah, ants who are messengers. So these ants, they were struggling with someone and the boy and the father was watching them. The boy said to the father, Dad, if they go around there, it's easier for them. Normally ants don't have a problem. Ants will cross over a, a, a trunk of a tree. Ants will cross over water. Ants, nothing can stand in their way. But this time there was... It seems these ants were battling. They couldn't see their way through. They couldn't get through. And the boy said to his father, Dad, it's better if they go around there. Dad, can't you tell them? Uh, <laughs> the dad said, No, even if I speak to them now, they can't hear me. And they won't be able to understand me. In order for me to help them, I have to become an ant so that they can hear me. So that they can see and hear me and hear me in their language. And so that analogy was used to demonstrate why God became man. Because if God just spoke out of heaven to us, we would just hear a loud noise like thunder. And it's, uh, we cannot make out what he's saying. Uh, like the learned people will say, it's unintelligible. I didn't want to use a big word, so I just said that we can't make out. It doesn't mean that I don't have the right words. It just means I have to simplify it. You see, that's why we said in the heat wave, don't complicate things, simplify it. Simplify it, don't complicate it. So that's why I use a simple word to say they won't be able to. And so that's why God became man on man's level to communicate with man. And to yes, just love man and to die in man's stead because all men were born in sin, according to the word of God. Uh, Psalm 51, David said, in sin I was born. There's not a person who, who is not born in sin, who was not born in sin. There's not a person on the earth that does not sin. Everybody was born in sin. <laughs> And so, because everybody was born in sin, the Bible says God won't allow sin to enter heaven. 
Now, in order for man to enter heaven, he has to be purified. He has to be, his soul has to be purified from that sin. It has to be cleansed. It has to be washed. So what will wash away your sin? Not soap and water. Not jik. Not a detergent. <laughs> it's only God who can remove the sin out of your soul. And he only does that after you have paid the price. You must bring a sacrifice. Blood must flow. A blood sacrifice. In other words, you must sacrifice a, either a goat or a cow or a lamb. And if you are poor, you can uh, bring a, a dove. A turtle dove or so, two turtle doves and sacrifice and the blood. And when God sees the blood flowing, that blood is actually paying for your sin. And then you are forgiven. And then God cleanses you with that precious blood. That precious blood that paid for your sin leads to your cleansing. Then your soul is cleansed. Then God forgives you and He blots out your sins out of the books. Because every sin we commit, there's a record of our sins. Because the Bible says one day when we appear before God, all men will be resurrected. There's a resurrection unto life eternal life and there's a resurrection unto death, eternal death. Death means separation. Death doesn't mean inanimate like a stone, just no feelings, no emotions. Okay, so that record you will find in the book of Revelation chapter 20 from verse 11 to 15 to just prove to you that the record is kept of all uh, our sins. Uh, the Bible says, that John, John, he was one of God's uh, apostles and disciples. He, uh, a disciple is a follower and an apostle is one sent forth. So that's a difference and distinction between an apostle and a disciple. <laughs> the one follows, a disciple follows Christ. And an apostle is sent forth like a missionary. But he's got special gifts and abilities to plant churches to build up the, the believers in their most holy faith. He has knowledge and experience of the different gifts of the Holy Spirit, like prophecy, like teaching, like pastoral work, uh, yeah, things like that. And uh, so the Bible says that this John, he was a prisoner on the island and then he had a vision and God showed him in the vision the future. And in the vision, he says, John said, I saw a great white throne. This is Revelation chapter 20 from verse 11. He says, I saw a great white throne and, and one was sitting on the throne. It was God. He says, before whom the heavens and the earth fled. He says, and then he saw the dead, great and small, stand before God. And the books were opened. And everyone was judged according to his works that was written in the books. Yes. And the Bible says then another book was opened, the book of life. It says that if your name is not written in the book of life, you will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where you will burn uh, forever and ever. So I think that's why many people don't believe the Bible because of these fearful things. But you can escape. You can escape the hellfire. You can escape the hellfire by taking your refuge in Jesus, by receiving the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. Hallelujah.
by giving your heart to God, by surrendering your life to Him, the Almighty God, by following in the footsteps of Jesus, hallelujah, and by serving God, and by praising Him, worshiping Him, singing praises unto Him, fellowshipping with the believers, reading the Word, studying the Word, and by allowing yourself to be shaped and molded and your mind be crafted, your mind be renewed, your way of thinking be renewed. Yes, your lifestyle being changed. In actual fact, you're not living, a, if you're living in sin, you're not living a lifestyle. You are actually living a death style. It's only when you come to Christ, then you live a lifestyle. Because He is the life. He is the truth. And He is the way. He says, no one come to God except through Him. He is the only way to God. Now, many people will differ with me. Many people will say, yes, but there must be other ways. I mean, if you think, are there other ways of giving birth to a child? Are there other ways? I mean, there are certain things. Are there other ways of leaving this earth than death? There are certain things where they will tell you this is the only way. So why is it hard for you to believe that it's only through that man? Sometimes you get in a, a company that that progression or algorithm where they will see it's only that man who can help you. Or you have to go through that man. They will tell you too. They will say you have to go to that office. It's only that place where they can help you. You accept that in life on the earth. That there sometimes people say that is the only way. Or that's the only place where they can fix your car. That's the only place where you can get your license. Or that's the only institute where you can study for that particular course to become that in life. There are certain things where they know that is the only person. Certain people have skills where you know it's the only person who can do that thing. Who possess that skill and ability. So why is it hard for you to believe that there's only one way to God? And if God is a supreme being, He is the Creator. If He says Jesus is the only way, who are you? If you read in the book of Romans, He says we are clay. He says, can the clay say to the potter, what are you doing? We are clay in His hands. He can smash us in one moment. He can disintegrate us in one moment. He can terminate our life in one moment. He can say in one moment, game over. <laughs> Who are we to argue with Him? Who are we to bargain with Him? We cannot bargain with God. We are created beings. We are not on His level. We are but dust. That's why you see man return to dust. No matter how rich you are, how powerful, how influential, the day when you die, after a while you can dig up that grave, you will see that same rich, powerful person he was as disintegrated into dust. And that's why the Bible says, you have come from the dust, you return to the dust. You are but dust. You are equal to any man and any woman. Death is the great equalizer. So yes, just according to worldly standards, you may be on a higher level. According to worldly standards, people think you are better. People think you are great. But when death comes... When you look at the grave, you go to the same dust, to the same earth. You got to lie underground like anybody else. Okay, even if you are cremated, 
<laughs> you still become ash and dust. And that ash will go up. It will remain there. They will bury it or whatever. They will preserve it somewhere in the wall. Or they will scatter it on the sea. It goes to dust, man. Friend, who's fooling who here? <laughs> so, if you want to escape your fire, then you must receive the Lord Jesus the Christ as your personal Lord and personal Savior. But now you are saying to me, but brother, I've seen many Christians and I've met many Christians, but the way they live and the way they speak and what they do, I don't want to be a Christian. If that is Christianity, I don't want to be a part of that. Friend, God did not call you to follow people. He, remember I said a disciple is a follower of Christ. Jesus said, come and follow me. If you read the last two chapters of the book of John, you will find there is a conversation between the Lord Jesus Christ and another person. The person said, Lord, are those who will be saved many? Saved, what does saved mean? Saved mean from the great judgment. If you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, what happens at that moment? You say, Lord, I believe that you are the Savior. You died on the cross for my sins. Everybody knows about the cross. The whole world, whether they're Christian or non-Christian. In fact, even the calendar revolves around the birth of Christ. You will find that they write in the history books, B.C., before Christ. A.D., Anno Domini, after the year of our Lord. <laughs> so the whole world knows there was a man called Christ. And the whole world knows he died. You can go to most graveyards all over the world and you will find crosses there. It's just about everywhere. So this man, Jesus the Christ, he was a real man. He was a real person. But it was God coming in a bodily form. Like we said, a theophany. Yes. So what is a Christian? A Christian is a follower of Christ. A Christian is not a follower of other Christians. A Christian is not a follower of a pastor, a follower of a bishop, of an apostle, of a deacon, of an elder, of a youth leader, or Christian musician. They are but servants. They must also give an account of their lives. So, your eyes must not be on man. The Bible says, the eyes in the book of Hebrew, the eyes focus on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. The eyes focus on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. In other words, He is the one, if you have faith in God, it means He started that faith in you. He planted that seed of faith in your heart. He gave you that gift of faith to have faith in God because not everybody believes in God. Not everybody believes the Bible. So, we said the way to escape the great judgment, to be saved from condemnation, is to receive the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. So this is what you do. You believe that He is the Son of God. You believe God sent His Son. Hallelujah. And you believe He died on the cross for our sins. Now, okay, let's explain His death on the cross. So, God called a nation, the nation is called Israel. So God revealed himself to them and he said, you are my people and I'm your God. 
And so they were enslaved in Egypt. You know the story. You can read about that in the book of Exodus in the Bible. That's the second book in the, in the Christian Bible, Exodus. They were enslaved there in Egypt. And God raised up a man called Moses and sent him to deliver them, to lead them out of slavery. On their way out of slavery and on their way to the promised land, God called Moses up onto a mountain and God gave him the Ten Commandments and God gave him an instruction how to build a place of worship, which is called a tabernacle. It was just a tent in those days because they were traveling. That's why it was not, the instruction was not to build a permanent place because they would not remain there. So it was a tent, they pitched wherever they stopped and they would worship God in that tent. It's called a tabernacle. But God said, look here, you cannot, as man, you cannot approach me because I'm a holy God. I'm pure and holy. You as man cannot just approach me. You have to approach me through a mediator. And God appointed mediators between God and man. And that man was Aaron. Or like other people will say, Aaron. But it's Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, Aaron. And God said Aaron will be the high priest. And he said the high priest is the one who must perform the sacrifices. The people must bring their goats or their cows or their bull or their, if they poor, they can bring a lamb or they can bring a dove. Then they bring their sacrifice to the priest. There was one high priest and many other priests around him who helped him with the sacrifices. And then they would slaughter this bull or whatever or cow or lamb and then as the blood flows the bible says there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood he said there's no forgiveness for your sins without the shedding of blood so when god says there's a blood sacrifice he forgives that person now once you're forgiven god by his spirit cleanses you inside you cannot see it you cannot feel it but you're cleansed by the same token when you go to bed at night you're tired and in the morning you get up refreshed. Did you see how you were refreshed? You didn't see it, but you feel refreshed. So by the same token, God by His Spirit, He refreshed you whilst you were asleep. You get up, we went to bed tired, and you got up refreshed. Okay, many people go to sleep and they get up tired still. We'll go into that some other time. But okay, so now God, once you bring your sacrifice, He forgives you. And he cleanses you and you're forgiven for your sin. Until you sin again and then you must bring another sacrifice and another sacrifice. And God thought, no, let me simplify this thing for the people. Let me send my son whose, more, whose blood is more precious than the blood of bulls or the blood of sheep or of doves. And I let my son pay the price for the sin of all mankind, I'll let him shed his precious blood on the cross. And that's why when John the Baptist was preaching at the Jordan River, baptizing the people, and he saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Praise the Lord. So when Jesus hung on the cross, his blood flowed from his hands, his feet, from his head. And that blood that flowed paid the price for the sins of the whole world. Praise the Lord. So now, 
the Bible says, if you believe on the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. So if you believe he is the Son of God, and if you believe that he is the Lamb that was slain, then you will be forgiven. And then he said, I receive him as my Savior. I receive him as my Lord. Come into my heart. Make me your child. And you turn on your wicked or your evil ways. That's what repentance is. Isaiah 55, verse 6 and 7. He says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and sin amend his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, for God will abundantly pardon. So now you turn your back on your sinful ways, on that death style you live. You turn away from that and turn to God and say, God, I want to live a lifestyle, not a death style. I want to receive Jesus as my personal Savior. Come into my heart. I believe the blood was shed for my sin. And on the merit of the shed blood, I believe I will be forgiven. So Father, forgive me for all my sins that I committed. In Jesus' name. And blot out those sins out of the books. And write my name in the book of life. Hallelujah. So now you receive the Lord as your personal Savior. Glory to God. That moment when you receive Him as your personal Savior and you believe the blood was shed for you, your sins are forgiven. It is blotted out of the books. Praise the Lord. Psalm 103 verse 12 says, Ye remove your sin as far as the east is from the west. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Micah 7 verse 19 says, As ye will cast your sin into the depths of the sea, the sea at one point is more than a mile deep, I believe. That's what the people in geography tells us. So what happens now? Your name is written in the book of life. So then you must continue to follow Jesus as a disciple. And every day be renewed in your mind. And every day put off and lay off sinful ways, sinful habits, ways of speaking, thinking, doing and being and responding and reacting or overreacting put off that it's a now a walk and it's a growth process you don't become perfect immediately just like when a child is born that child is a human being right but that child is not yet an adult that child is not yet mature the baby has to grow has to learn to walk has to learn to talk and has to learn to stay away from fire stay away from the water or the sea can they can drown and so forth and stay away from the middle of the road where the cars are driving up and down so you're warning the child and teaching the child and it's by the same token when you become a christian you're like a baby a baby christian it means you have to the bible says you must desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow through it in other words if a baby needs to grow, the baby needs milk continually. So if you want to grow as a Christian, you need the milk of the word. It means you have to go to church, listen to the word, absorb it, take it in. You have to read your Bible, meditate on it. Not meditation, the yoga meditation, not the transcendental meditation. The meditation of the word of God means you think about what you read. You think about it, you ask a question. What is this word saying for me? Is there an instruction there? Is there a warning there? Is there something I must apply? Is there something I must avoid? Those are the questions you ask in your mind. That is meditating on the word and asking God, 
for insight and say, Lord, I'm reading your word. I don't understand everything, but give me insight in your word. Open the door of the word for me in Jesus' name. And God will give you insight and understanding because the Bible also says in all you're getting, get understanding. Pray to God and say, Lord, help me to understand the word, what the word is. But the more you read the Bible, you will find another scripture will give light on that one scripture. And another one you read will give more clarity on, on the scriptures, you see. So now you're a Christian, you're born again, you're a baby in Christ, so you eat the milk of the word, you attend the church, and in church you must fellowship with other believers because they will build you up. In other words, they will encourage you, they will motivate you, they will instruct you. But also remember, although you're a Christian, a child of God now, you are not on the playground you on the battlefield. Because remember, the enemy, the devil, he wants to get you back now. He wants to destroy you. He wants to hurt you. He wants you to fall back into sin. He wants you to perish. He wants you to go to hell. So he will try to ensnare you and take you captive again with those sinful lusts and desires, those mindsets, those ways that's in conflict with the word of God. Those carnal ways, carna, the word carny means flesh. Your flesh is your body. The things where you listen to your body, what your body wants to do, and satisfying the lust of the flesh. But now you must fulfill the desires of the Holy Spirit. And the desires of the Holy Spirit is to love holy. He wants you to love holy. Holy is not difficult. Holy just means different. You must be different. If the one person curse, you bless. So that's holy in contrast to cursing. If you bless people who swear at you or threaten you or fight you, you bless him, say, the Lord bless you, I forgive you. That is holy, being holy. In contrast to the person who says, you will see, what, you will see what's going to happen to you. You see, holy means different. Holy also means clean, pure. And holy also means to be set apart. To be set apart for God's. In other words, be holy with your mouth. Only speak. Set your mouth apart to speak that which pleases God. Be holy in your thinking. Set your mind apart to think what God wants you to think about. Or the way He wants you to think. Set your feet. Let your feet be holy. In other words, let your feet walk to places that pleases God. So that means your feet are holy then. But if your feet walk to places which doesn't please God, that's your feet are unholy. Can you see? It's not difficult to be, be holy, you see. It just means be different, be pure, and be set apart for God's use or what pleases God. Praise the Lord. So, but that proce that's a process. It doesn't happen immediately. It doesn't happen overnight. And that's why there's a hymn that says, Growing Together. Enjoying the trip, getting used to the family I'll spend eternity with, learning to love you how easy it is, getting used to the family of God. So you will only grow if you're amongst people of the same spirit, people who are like-minded, people who speak the same way, the same words, people who pray, people who praise, people who thank, people who fellowship, hallelujah. And then, of course, you've got a, a, a small job also. It's to preach the gospel. 
you got a, a, a smaller job before that to be a witness. In other words, you witness, you tell people what the Lord did in your life. That's witnessing. You tell people, friend, I just want to tell you what happened in my life. I was lost in sin. I didn't know where I was going to spend eternity. When I thought about death and after death, I thought, you are going to hell. But now that I received Jesus as my personal Savior, I have assurance that I'm going to heaven. You see, many people, if you ask them, are you going to heaven? They say, uh, I hope so. I hope so. You cannot do things based on hope. Hope is okay in other uh, ways. It encourages you. If you have hope, you won't give up. They say, if you have hope, you can cope. But here, pertaining to eternal life, you can't. They said, I hope I'm going to heaven. You've got to be sure, man. Now the Bible says, if you receive the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, he says in the first book of John, chapter 5, he says, This I write to you so that you may know you have eternal life. You see there, <laughs> praise the Lord. You know, I know I'm going to heaven. Because he says, he who has the Son is life. He who has Jesus as his Savior has life, eternal life. And it means you and I, if you receive him as your personal Lord and Savior, will never perish. It means one day when you die or I die, we will be resurrected. We will stand before that great white throne of judgment. And the books will be opened and God say, wow, your sins have been forgiven. Your sins have been blotted out. You say, bring the book of life, and he opened the book of life. He says, yeah, your name is in the book of life. Go and enter my rest. You see? So, like they say, that's the way the cookie crumble, that's the way the mop flop, and that's the way the ball bounce, that's the way the cat maw, and that's the way the dog bark. So, this is just a brief overview of what you need to do to be born again and to uh, be converted and to become a child of God. One day we will explain in depth to you the concept of born again, what that really means, or the concept of being converted, or the concept of repentance. We will go into more detail on another podcast. But for now, I think this is uh, sufficient for anybody who wants to be sure you're going to heaven. Hallelujah. So I just repeat, this is the procedure. If you want to go to heaven and you want to be sure your name is in the book of life, you go on your knees or where you sit in a car or you're walking, just pause and stand still or stop the car or, or maybe you're in bed on a sick bed. You just say, Lord, I believe Dear God, I believe that Jesus the Christ is your son. And I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that blood that flowed on the cross of Calvary flowed so that I may be forgiven. And I believe that because his blood flowed, there is forgiveness for me. I don't have to bring a sacrifice. I don't have to pay any money. Jesus paid the price for the forgiveness for my sins. So, Father God, I receive the Lord Jesus now as my personal Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Make me your child. Lord, forgive me for all my sins. 
and blot out my sins out of your books. And please write my name in the book of life. I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. So I would just like to say a prayer or pray a prayer. If you have decided to receive the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I am going to pray a prayer for you now. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for the listener who's listening to this prayer or listen to this podcast. Is the man, is the woman a boy or a girl? It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter what religion they are or even if they don't believe in God, but if he or she has decided they want to receive you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray for him or for her, the listener now, that you'd forgive this person, the listener, their sins right now. Forgive them their sins right now and blot out their sins out of your books and cast their sins into the depths of the sea. Remove their sins as far as the east is from the west. Receive them now, Lord, and cleanse their hearts with the precious blood. Wash their heart whiter than snow. Cleanse their soul. Wash their soul in the precious blood whiter than the snow. And enter their hearts and make them your child. Receive this person. Receive this person and and make this person your child, your son, your daughter, and write their names in the book of life. Hallelujah. Right now, regenerate them. Let them become born again. Renew their minds. Hallelujah. And help them from this moment to become a disciple, to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Help them from this moment to read the word. Help them from this moment to pray. Help them to pray. Help them from this moment to sing gospel hymns. Link them up with people who's also of the faith. True born-again believers. Link them up with such and help them to fellowship there with them and grow in grace and reach spiritual maturity. Protect them and watch over them. Help them to resist all temptation. Help them to pass every test. Help them to be victorious in every battle in the name of Jesus. The Lord bless you, dear listener. I just want to give you a word of uh, encouragement more. So if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ now as your personal Lord and Savior, maybe there is, is a link there where you can send me a mail and tell me that you have received the Lord as your Savior. And I will send you literature or I'll make a special podcast for you that can encourage you further. But I want to say, after you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, you may face temptation, but you must resist the temptation. Then the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says that no temptation has come upon you except that which is common to man, that God won't allow you to be tempted without giving you a way of escape. Amen. So, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, He said, Take my yoke on you, for my yoke is light. My yoke is soft and my burden is light. So, it's not difficult to serve the Lord. And He says, My grace is sufficient for you. 2 Corinthians 
chapter 12, verse 9, he says, When you are weak, then you're strong, because God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. The Lord bless you. Remember, God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. If you want to know how to pray, read the Psalms. And in the Psalms, you will find how David prayed. There's a Psalm for every situation. If you want wisdom how to live your life in relation to others, read the book of Proverbs. Hallelujah. If you want to know where to start reading the Bible, start reading the Bible by Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and the book of Acts. Start with those five first. Because there your faith will be boosted. You will see how Jesus healed people. And later you can gravitate to the, the letters that Paul wrote uh, to Christians. But the Lord bless you and keep you and cause His face to shine upon you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Shakurobo siki bihinti basai bahanto. Shakurobo hontola shikamahanto. Santa raba shiki bihinti. Lord bless every listener. If someone listening is sick, just heal them right now in the name of Jesus. If someone listening is discouraged, encourage him right now, my God. If someone listening is troubled and they don't know which way to go, what decision to make, what step to take or what move to make, give them guidance, Lord. If someone is confused and anxious and at a loss, they don't know how to get out of that financial situation. The hymn said, God owes the future. He's got a plan there's no need to worry, it's all in his hand. Lord, give that person a plan. Bless them financially. Bless them with the income. Bless them with a job, Lord. If there's a problem in the family where the children are scattered or the family are living apart, although they're under the same roof, I, roof, I pray that you'd heal those family relationships, familial relationships, and bring them all together that husband and wife will love one another, mom and dad will love one another, children, siblings, brothers and sisters may love one another. I pray that you'd solve every marital problem, that you'd solve every relational problem, that calm every storm for them, give them victory. Whatever debts is pending against them, cancel their debts, Father God. I pray if there's a deadline for them, an ultimatum was given them, I pray that they may find grace in the favor of these people, that they will extend the deadline or the ultimatum, that they will remove it in the name of Jesus. I pray if there's anyone listening who is in prison, solve their problems, pick up the broken pieces of their lives and make their lives whole again. I pray for anyone who's got a broken heart, heal that broken heart, heal that crushed spirit, Father, in the name of Jesus. If there's someone in doubt who's weak in their faith, boost their faith now, Lord. Inspire them, my God. I pray that you'd inspire them to give utterance to words because Mark eleven twenty three says, if you do not doubt but believe that what you say, you will have what you have said. Help them to say it. To not only pray it, but to also say it. To say, I'm going to get out of this situation. Help them to say, I will be healed. Help them to say, I'll get a job. Help them to say that my family will live together in love and harmony again. Help them to say, I'm going to have a business again. Help them to say, God will make a way out of this situation. 
Help them to say, my enemies will forgive me. Bless the listeners, Lord. Bless them, protect them, watch over them. Pick up the broken pieces of everyone who's listening and make it whole. Bless them that their sleep may be sweet. Hallelujah. Bless them with divine guidance. Bless them with direction, Lord. Just love them up. If people have said words to them that crush their spirit, if they feel like a nothing, because people have downed them, people have humiliated them or mocked them or degraded them, then I pray that you'd boost their self-esteem that they may realize they created in your image that each one who's listening is precious in your sight because they were created in your image. And each one who's listening is so precious that Jesus died for him and her. Friend, Jesus died for you too. He did not die for good people. He did not come for good people. The Bible says He came to save sinners. He came to save backsliders. He came to save, save people who are wayward, who's doing bad things. He didn't come for good people. That's why a doctor is, doesn't come to people who are healthy. A doctor comes to sick people. That's why Jesus called a great physician. If you uh, make mistakes in life and made mistakes, then you qualify for God's help. If you are broken, then you qualify for His healing. Hallelujah. If you have a need, you qualify for His provision. You qualify. And don't say, I'm not a Christian. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will find that the people who receive healing, none of them were Christians. None of them belonged to a church. None of them were born again. But Jesus healed them. When they cried out, we help, He helped them. Friend, you don't have to belong to a church or be a Christian to qualify for God's help. You are created in God's image irrespective of what nationality you are, irrespective of what religion or faith or you have no religion. God loves you because He created you in His image. The Lord bless you and keep you. Call on Him. If you have time to pray, God has time to listen. He says anyone who comes to Him, He will never cast you out. If you come to Him, draw near to Him. Call unto Him and say, Lord, help me. Heal me. Change my life. Touch me. And He will guide you. You don't have to know how to pray because your tear is a prayer. You don't have to know how to pray because that sigh you give is a prayer. Just listen to my sigh. <sighs> that is a sigh. If your heart is burdened and you say, I don't know what to do. That sigh comes before God. Read Acts chapter 7 verse 34. The people who were in Egypt, they didn't pray to God. They sighed and they groaned because of a burdened heart. And that sigh came before God. God appeared in the burning bush to Moses and said, Moses, come here. I have seen the plight of my people. I've heard their sighs. Not their prayers, their sighs. When you give a sigh, it's a prayer. If you say, if you're worried and say, you say, that is a prayer. If you shed a tear, that's a prayer. If you look to Him, that's a prayer. You don't have to have fancy words to pray. You can just lift up your hands to Him and say, God, help me. Please help me. Or you can just look up. He is seeing you. The Lord bless you. Take care and say it with your mouth. I can do all things. You may not be an icon, but you're an I can. 
You can do things. Success comes in can. From now on, change your way of speaking. Say, I can do this thing. I can become successful. I can have my own business. I can drive a car. I can operate this machine. I can work on a computer. I can rise out of this situation. I can do all things. You can do it because you created in God's image. And if any other human being did it, then you can do it. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.